Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. You're welcome to the Global Watch. I'm going to be the Africa Watch hosting this, this day at this time. And you're all very welcome. We will open it up in prayer. And I'll ask Sister Joe, Joe, if you can lead us in an opening prayer. Thank you, Lord. As we come to this time of, of praying and to really learn what to pray about, Lord, I just pray that we will have open hearts and minds to the issues that we need to bring before you. Lord, we just say thank you that your ears are always open to us, Lord. We know that it says in the Bible, call unto me and I will answer you. So, Lord, I just pray that we will not only speak what we need to, but we will also listen and hear what you want us to say to other people who are also praying for different issues. So, Lord, I just pray for this meeting. I pray for Edward. I pray for anybody else who's speaking, for Pearl. Lord, I just pray that you would just give them clarity of thought and that they will get it clearly so that everyone can understand what is uh, being said and that we will listen very carefully. Thank you, Lord. Amen. A new month on the, both the Gregorian calendar as well, but ultimately it's a new season. And mm -hmm. we will proclaim Psalm 104. Uh, acknowledging God's sovereignty over all creation. Share it on the screen for us to follow. Say, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Who cover yourself with light as with a garment who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters. Who makes the clouds his chariot? Who walks on the wings of the wind? Who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire? You who laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. They went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place which you founded for them. You have set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. He sends the streams into the valleys. They flow among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. By them, the birds of the heavens have their home. They sing among the branches. He waters the hills from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. <laughs> He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man, 
that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread which strengthens man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he planted when the birds make their nests, where the birds make their nests. The stalk has her home in the far trees. The high hills are for the wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down. You make darkness and it is night in which all the beasts of the forests creep about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to work and to his labor until the evening. O oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. This great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things, living things both small and great. There the ships sail about. There is that Leviathan which you have made to play there. These all wait for you that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand, they are filled with good. You hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created. And you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. May sinners be consumed from the earth and the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Let's take a minute just to express our praise to God, the sovereign Lord who creates times and seasons. Lord, we praise you this moment. We acknowledge your sovereignty. You who created all things for your purpose. They all belong to you and we give you praise. We enthrone you over all situations, over all nations, over all seasons. We give you praise. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will worship the Lord in a song before we go into the message. And the song is You Are Worthy of It All, acknowledging the Lord as worthy.
the one who proved himself worthy to be king of kings and lord of lords by laying down his life for his subjects deserves all the glory to share god's word with us this uh, is our friend a sister who is not new to the global watch dr paul coupe all the way from south africa and those who don't a lady who, who wears many hats different functions in the body of christ she ministers she's a minister of the gospel as well as an attorney and a lawyer a global speaker and author and entrepreneur and international consultant help me let's give paul a global watch welcome you're very welcome paul Thank you. Thank you to the family, Global Watch's family, as far as I'm concerned. So thank you, Brother Edward, and greetings to you, Sue. And Fred in absentia, we're praying for a good report when he comes back. Amen. And to all the other family members, also some of my South African colleagues, I see Joe and others. But praise the Lord, I wouldn't actually call what I'm going to share a message today, but just more a little bit of a testimony and some lessons learned. I think that we can take from it and maybe some prayer points from the lessons learned. I think it was yesterday I shared with Brother Edward, we've been having a challenge, a situation in South Africa, and I was giving him a little progress report to celebrate with us, and he felt I should maybe share it with the Global Watch team. So I'm just going to share on that. And I do want to say from the the onset, I know what I'm going to share in some circles can be considered a little bit controversial with different viewpoints. So I'm going to start off by saying that because the sharing is really around the issue of South Africa and the issue of mandatory vaccinations, what we've been going through on that aspect. And I want to say from the beginning that no one should feel condemned around this, whether you vaccinated or not. It's not an issue about have you vaccinated, have you not vaccinated. The issue that we are looking at is the issue around legislation specifically on mandatory vaccination and the other aspect around control and using legislation to control. Those are the real areas that I want to focus on concerning mandatory vaccination. And I do want all of us to understand that the things that are being raised around mandatory vaccination ultimately involve legislation around the world. And when a government wants to control a people, they will always change the legislation. And what we need to look very carefully at and examine and be alert as the ecclesia and the body of Christ is to make sure that there are no opportunities to control God's people in a certain way. One of the main issues we need to look at especially is the constitution. And to the degree that there is legislation that is introduced to take away your constitutional rights is the degree that the ecclesia is expected to rise up and defend constitutional rights which are in line 
with the greatest constitution, which is the Bible. We have a responsibility as sons of God to do that. And so in many nations, as I've shared with the global Uganda team and many other teams, the constitutional right to freedom and the constitutional freedom of choice, there's a right to freedom of choice. Once that constitutional right is taken away from you under the guise of whatever, it will be very difficult to get it back again. It will be very difficult. And the state will be able to really concoct states of emergency at any time and be able to take that or freedom of choice away from you. So one needs to protect what is a constitutional right and what is also a biblical God-given. So the issues, how we have been really uh, fighting and pushing back against some of the legislation that has been put in South Africa is to express section 12. Section 12 of our South African constitution gives one the right to bodily integrity and psychological, physiological integrity. So you have a right to decide, to choose what goes into your body. That is section 12 of our constitution. It is also articulated in article one of the Nuremberg Code, which is an international instrument. It says a number of things. It says, number one, not only do you have the right to bodily integrity and physiological integrity, it also expresses the aspect of informed consent. So in other words, nobody is supposed to, when they give you any medicine or medical vaccine, that you are supposed to know what's going into your body. So when you give consent, the consent is given on a an, an informed what is going into your body. And so the Nuremberg Code, which is aligned to South Af- Section 12 of our South African Constitution also uh, affirms that, is that you have a right to bodily integrity, physiological integrity, and you also have a right to know what is in any medical medical treatment that you're receiving. The third thing is around the aspect of, of experimentation, that you have a right also to refuse to be medically experimented on. So anything that is considered a clinical trial or medical experimentation, you also have a right to refuse to be part of a medical experimentation. So those are the key aspects around constitutional. And like I say, in South Africa, we have been raising those constitutional concerns that the legislation, and now remember that the constitution is the highest supreme law of the land. So the rights that are expressed there cannot willy-nilly be taken away. So we defend them. We defend them. Section 12 speaks of that. Section 10 in our constitution also refers to the right to dignity, that we have a right to dignity. Most attorneys, lawyers here have not referred to it in expressing and challenging some of the legislation. I refer to it because The right to dignity has, according to our South African courts, it includes freedom of choice. So freedom of choice is not expressly stated out in the Bill of Rights, chapter two, 
but the courts in their case decisions. So courts and case law is becomes legislation. It sets precedent. And the courts have said in their cases that to dignity inherently includes freedom of choice. It goes together. It is a twin with right to dignity. So when you cannot have your right to dignity expressed without freedom of choice. So the minute your freedom of choice is taken away from you, it also means your right to dignity has been removed. So section 10 is also a critical part of the legal argument that we have been bringing is the protection of constitutional rights, which can only be limited in very special circumstances. And that is section 36 and our clause says they can be limited or overridden in very unique and special circumstances. And our argument has been to say that those special circumstances have not been shown. The science that is needed has not been produced, the research to override and take away those freedoms away from us. So we were seeing many employees losing their job, being fired, being fired because they would not take the vaccination. So the vax not taking the vaccination means that your constitutional rights are being overridden. But as a son of God, we also need to understand it scripturally. And understand that freedom of choice is a right that has been given to you by God. He gave us what? He gave us free will is freedom of choice. So we have to defend it from two angles, not only because it is constitutionally enshrined in most of our Bill of Rights, but God said in Deuteronomy, I place before you blessings and curses, life and death. And then he gave us free will and he said, choose life. So he's given us freedom of choice, even in so far as it pertains to, to salvation. He doesn't hit us over the head and, 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 and say you have no option but to be saved. He gives us salvation as, an, as a freedom for us to come willingly and freely to him. It is a God-given biblical right. And no state, no government has the right to take away what has been given to us originally by our creator as a right. So in the first instance, it is a God-given right. Freedom of choice, free will is a God-given biblical right, which we must defend as sons of God who have been given that responsibility to steward and man his estate and to bring alignment of the kingdom patterns of heaven and legislation. He said to Job in Job uh, 38, he said, do you know the ordinances of heaven? So our responsibility is to know the ordinances of heaven and align with those ordinances of heaven and that pattern of heaven. So I wanted to just set that foundation so that we understand in terms of moving forward. Like I say, it's not to condemn anybody who's taken the vaccination, but it's to understand that this battle is a battle beyond the vaccination. It is a battle that has to do with control and control starts with legislation and control starts with taking away your basic constitutional rights. And by the way, most of those rights are actually biblically entrenched, whether you want to look at the rights of, of freedom of speech or most of the original human rights, most of the original human rights actually come from the Bible, right to food, water, basic 
most of the original ones, and I say original because they've since evolved. They've since evolved according to the United Nations definition. And I worked for the UN for six years, so I, I pretty much know their agenda. So the UN has redefined human rights to what I now call human wrongs. So that human rights now is defined as abortion. So previously, when you had the human rights was the right to life. That was one of the basic human rights, which is also biblically entrenched. But now with the UN defining abortion as a human right, they are actually saying that you have a right to kill. So that's why I'm saying they've redefined human rights. And I have a presentation I do called Human Rights or Human Wrongs, which is showing and tracking the, the, the change that we have seen over the years where human rights have now become human wrongs. UN, which is now currently trying to push legalized prostitution, when God says righteousness and justice are the foundation of our throne. So I wanted to set that foundation so that we know and we understand, we also understand going forward that the, the battle is not going to end here. Today it's mandatory vaccination, but tomorrow authoritarian, totalitarian, dictatorial governments will want to use another reason to take away your rights and your constitutionally entrenched rights. So it is need for us, it is need for us to be alert and to be vigilant. Today, it is a, a, a disease. And one of the things I've raised consistently is to say this disease, which has been labeled a pandemic, which they're now considering to South Africa is in, in, in talks to downgrade coronavirus, COVID, to an endemic, which means it'll be treated like flu, which many medical experts have said it is flu anyway. But it's downgrading. I've said in 2019, using the WH statistics, in 2019, South Africa had 360,000 cases of people who died from TB, tuberculosis in one year period. And in, in, from March, 2020 until 18 months. So we're giving COVID statistics an 18 month period. There were 88,900 deaths attributed to COVID. So one fifth maybe, we had one fifth of people and every death is important of course, but COVID actually expressed one fifth of the deaths that we have with regard, when you compare them with the TB deaths, COVID deaths are one fifth. So how does COVID get to be expressed as a pandemic and TB is not? Why is TB not expressed as, as a pandemic? Is it numbers that qualify diseases to be expressed as a pandemic? How is it that we are all locked down under COVID, but with TB, it is the TB patient who is isolated and not everybody. How is it that vaccine passports were not required and masks were not required for TB, but they were all required for COVID? How is it that people with TB are not fired, dismissed at work? but COVID employees are dismissed. These are all questions that we need to understand. 
when in actual fact, the COVID deaths are one fifth of the deaths. So these are some of the arguments we've been putting forward. And one key argument is the right around discrimination. And what I said in a TV interview yesterday was that South Africa cannot afford to go back to discrimination. We've come out of an apartheid state. And so when you have a situation when employees who have refused, who have, do not want to get vaccinated are being fired and can contract the virus. They're being fired on the basis that they can contract and transmit the virus, but medically, so can the vaccinated. It's been proven. In fact, our president, fully jabbed, also contracted the virus, Omicron. And many of our leaders who are fully jabbed, they contracted the virus and can transmit it. So in terms of law, to dismiss an employee who can contract, an unvaccinated employee who can contract and, and transmit the virus when a vaccinated employee can also contract and transmit it is discrimination. So if you're going to dismiss the unemployed vaccinate, uh, employee, you have to dismiss also the vaccinated because they also can contract it and they can also transmit it. Discrimination is prohibited in our employment act, unfair discrimination, and it is also prohibited in our constitution. And the US Supreme Court has also made a ruling on that, which is to say you cannot dismiss or you cannot even enforce mandatory vaccination in the workplace. And this was upheld by the Senate and the Canadian Superior Court also made a decision on that aspect to say that to make decisions regarding mandatory vaccination in the workplace is to encroach, I actually want to, to quote the US Supreme Court decision, is to encroach into the life, safety, and health of the employees was the US Supreme Court decision. I just wanted to just say that. So the two, three days ago, uh, we have been actually, as, the, as lawyers and, and others activists in South Africa, we have been giving pushback concerning that and saying that we need to do away with many of the COVID protocols. And of course, three days ago, cabinet now met and cabinet came to a decision to say that they are now undoing some of the COVID protocols. And they made a statement to say this, that South Africa has now reached 60 to 80% immunity. And as a result, uh, some of the COVID protocols are being undone with, one of which is to say that if you test positive, but have no symptoms, you do not have to quarantine. You do not have to isolate. And if you test positive and have symptoms, the, the isolation period is reduced from 10 days to seven days. Another change which was made was to say learners, children at school no longer have to social distance. They can just go to school, no more social distancing. And we believe it is the first in a long line of change as cabinet is now meeting to consider actually defining the virus to be an endemic and not a pandemic, which is like I say, you just treated as flu. Spain and many other nations have are considering the same and many others have also stopped with the COVID protocols around that. One of the things I said yesterday on the TV program was to say, 
our government has come out to say through scientific research, they said through, I don't know, it's the zero something, I, I've forgotten the word, I, Susan would know it, but they did zero something testing. And that is how they came to the result of between 60 to 80% immunity in South Africa. Now they say 70% is herd, you've achieved herd immunity. So we essentially have achieved herd immunity. What is interesting is this, only 30% of South Africa is vaccinated and only 6% of the total of total Africa is vaccinated. We have the least COVID figures with 6% vaccinations. And only 30% of the potential 80% with immunity, only 30% have been vaccinated. So the question arises that where is most of the immunity coming from? That leaves up to 50% of us just natural immunity. So the herd immunity was actually achieved essentially through natural immunity. Most people got Omicron, which was very mild and most people developed immunity through having gotten Omicron and recovered from Omicron. So that is essentially what Edward had, my brother Edward had asked me to share. And I just wanted to share some of those principles. Like I said, from that, the mandate is for us to protect our constitutional freedoms, those especially that are in alignment with our Bible and to protect our biblically God-given freedoms, which includes freedom of choice, especially free will, which God has given us. We cannot cede that. If we cede that, we become captives and Yeshua, came to set the captives free. So we cannot cede our freedom of choice, our right to determine, our right to decide. We cannot cede our freedom of religion, belief, and opinion. Once we do that again, we will become captives. We must defend those rights and defending those rights, not only in prayer, but defending them legally going to court. And one of the things I said to the Ugandan team when I shared with them, was you need to get Christian lawyers and identify them. I said it too, to the Botswana Evangelical Fellowship of Botswana, find your Christian lawyers. We are happy to work with them and make sure because it's faith without works is dead. So there's prayer, but you're gonna need to have to go to court and you're going to need to have lawyers who understand the law and can go and defend those rights in, in law. On February 11th, we're going to Bloemfontein to have our first court uh, decision. We've had two CCMA rulings, which ruled in favor of mandatory uh, vaccination, but CCMA is not a court of law. It is a co commission. And the commission's made very flawed interpretations of the law. So it's been taken up on review. So on February 11th, we're going to have our first court decision where the United, the University of Free, Free State is being taken to court for trying to enforce mandatory vaccination. So we will have our first court decision on that. So keep us in prayer so that the biblically and constitutionally entrenched freedoms of right will not be over, overridden. February 11th is the date that we go to court, to, to, to the Bloemfontein High Court to defend those rights. Just a couple of things I wanted to share in terms of some of the lessons learned from this that we can maybe, Brother Edward, we can just decide to whether we want to pray on them. But lesson one 
Lesson one that I learned in this is that the truth shall set you free. For as long as you stand on the truth, God will stand with you. Make sure that you look for the truth and you stand with the truth because the truth then makes us captives. And this lockdown, there's been a lot of captivity. So look for the truth in all of it. And it is the truth that sets free. I think one of our prayer points should be that, that let us know the truth and let the truth set us free. Let that truth be released in all the nations because truth, lies will keep you in captivity, but truth will set us free. So let that truth, let whatever false information, fake information is out there, let it be nullified and, and let the truth set us free. The other lesson that we learned is that faith, I've already said it, faith without works is dead. We can pray, we can pray, we can prophesy and prayer is so powerful, but it needs accompanying actions. And like I've said, we've had to mobilize the lawyers, especially in this time. And we've had to agree. When I spoke and addressed the Botswana Evangelical Fellowship there under constitutional review, I said, you cannot afford to not be in this process. In fact, as a Christian nation, you should have approached the, the president and said to the president that we want to play a role in naming the nominees. That's what the Christian com community said here in South Africa. For years and years, the, the chief justice has just been selected between the president and the JSC, the Judicial Service Commission. The previous year, last year, an approach was made to the president to say that the public must participate in a true democracy. Democracy means governance by the people, for the people. So we said, you can't just nicodemiously and surreptitiously impose a person on us in the highest office. And so for the first time, the president asked for nominations from the public for the office of the chief justice. And we were able to send nominations. And from those nominations, eight candidates were shortlisted. And two of those candidates were unacceptable to us as Christians. One of the candidates was a judge who had been found guilty by the Judicial Services Commission of one sexual harassment and had been found guilty also of trying to sway other judges in a court case involving a former president, found guilty, but he was shortlisted. Another of the candidates was a, a, a leader of one of the chapter nine institutions who was implicated in the state capture. And we rose up as the body of Christ, as TISA is the Evangelical Alliance and South African Council of Churches. And we wrote to the president and we said, these two names are unacceptable. This is an office requiring high degree of moral integrity. And those names were removed from the candidature, leaving four names. I'm saying to us as the body of Christ, that we need to arise and understand that we are a voice, we are a platform, and God is calling us to be sons of God who will manage and steward his estate in this season, that we cannot be silent, but we must rise up in prayer and rise up also in works and be that voice that God has ordained and commissioned us to be and be that salt. He said that salt that does not perform its function must be thrown away. God forbid that we be thrown away for silence. God said, if it, it, Mordecai said to Esther, if you will be silent in this time, it's silent. God will raise up another. 
God will raise up another. God forbid that we will be substituted because of our silence and, and lack of speaking out. We have spoken out. I have written open letters to the unions, shaming them, Kosatu, the biggest union that supported mandatory vaccination. I said, shame on you. You're supposed to support the employees. Did you consult the employees regarding their decision or did you impose it? And this week, Kosatu came out in the newspapers after that letter I wrote three weeks. The Kosatu said, we want to warn the employers. Do not dismiss our employees. They made a total turnaround. They said, we want to warn you employers, but it, it doesn't take a lot of people, just one voice, one voice just to speak out and to speak on behalf of God. It can push back a, a union. Kosatu is the largest union, almost 2 million workers, that they will come back. I'm just encouraging you with this testimony that let us not be silent. People thought I was crazy. I think they wanted to commit me to that mental hospital. They said, Pearl, who are you? How can you confront? Do you know who Kasatu is? They're the most radical people. They're, they're, they're the people who, you know, who took on, helped to take on apartheid. Kasatu are our aggressive uh, group of union. I said, but when God tells you, you must do what God says and apostolically and prophetically, we have been commissioned to be that voice and, and may God give us that spirit of boldness and a hard forehead of no compromise in this season, because he's not given us a spirit of fear or intimidation, but a spirit of power and love and sound mind. And when we arise in boldness, God will take us, begin to take us forward. But I hear God saying in this season, he gave me just now a vision of Elijah running away, running into the caves, or running away from Jezebel, that spirit of control, that spirit of manipulation, that spirit that is trying to rule the nations now legislatively, trying to control God's people. And Elijah ran away from that spirit of control. And God kept saying to him, Elijah, what are you doing in the cave? What are you doing in the cave? Come out of the cave. And I hear God saying that to us right now as intercessors. What are you doing in the cave? Come out. And God sent him back to where he had run away from. He said, go back. And on your way, give the mantle to Elisha. What are you doing? And this is the call. This is the call. that Maybe that can be our next prayer point, Brother Edward. What are we doing in the cave? If there are any of us in the cave, what are we doing that we will come out and arise as salt and light in the nations, that we will be bold, that we will be a platform of kingdom expression, that we will not fear even for our lives. We will not love our lives to, unto death, but we will be bold and, and have those hard foreheads. Hallelujah. The third thing, maybe our prayer point is around unity. Unity is key. Unity is a weapon I've discovered. It is a weapon that releases victory. Psalms 133, God says that's where he commands the blessing. That's where the oil is released from the top of Aaron's head to the bottom of his robe, which means the whole, there's nothing missing. Everything is soaked in anointing. Unity is key. If we can pray for that. And one of the greatest lessons I learned also is around the aspect of, of awakening a sleepy church. 
Uh, I am grateful for everything we've gone through because the church has been mobilized like never before. It has been mobilized into action. We've been mobilized into units where we know who are the Christian lawyers, who are the Christian activists, who are the Christian doctors, medical doctors. So we've mobilized ourselves and it's awakened a sleepy church. When I shared on Rend the Heavens, I talked about righteousness and justice, Psalms 97.2. And this is the issue. The battle in the heavens, the war in the heavens is a war around righteousness and justice. And in everything, we must remember to lift up Jehovah El Mishpat as the Lord God, God of justice. He don't, doesn't only dispense justice, he is justice himself. And in every battle, we must remember to lift him up to arise, O God, and defend your cause in the nations. Let that be the prayer of our hearts. So I'm sorry I took so long for our sharing, but that was just what I had on our hearts. So Brother Edward, back to you. Amen. Wow, this is very timely. Thank you, Dr. Paul, for sharing this. And we sense the boldness which only comes from God. And I believe it's a call for not only us on this call, but globally for the ecclesia to, to stand up and step up. We will pray in response. We have five prayer points. One is to search, the search for truth. The second is faith, followed by action. The third is pray for the watchmen and intercessors to come out of the caves. Four, pray for unity, the weapon that releases victory. And five, praying for awakening. We'll, we'll leave it open and invite people to pray to just briefly because our time is fast spent. Amen. Lynn, Lynn, can you take number one? Then I'll, I'll ask Margaret Movanda to take number two. Faith without works is dead. And Margaret Grace, number three, praying for the watchmen and intercessors to come out of the caves. I'll also ask Dahlia to pray for number four, unity, and Sharon Richards to pray for the awakening in the church. My internet is not very good today, so I'll pray. But if I go, then Edward, Pastor Edward, please move on to the next um, sister or brother. Okay. <clears throat> Father, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for what our dear sister has preached this morning. Lord, we need this wake-up call. We need to hear it and we need to respond. And Lord, I thank you for your word that says that the truth shall set you free. And Lord, we've done all we can about finding out the truth and we have tried to stand on it. But Lord, we pray for increased discernment and wisdom across your ecclesia globally that we can really stand, that we can really hear what you're saying, that we can see what the issues are as clearly as our sister Pearl does. 
Lord, will you give us that same discernment, clarity and boldness that goes with it? Lord, we thank you for your word that says the truth shall set you free. And Lord, we stand on that as a global body of intercessors now. And we thank you for all that we've heard this morning and want to move on it and see things shift even more. Amen. So we, we just want to thank you tonight and this morning, wherever we are, for your word that is so powerful, for your word that is two-edged sword that cuts through and everything that we even we don't understand in the spirit and in the flesh. But we want to thank you, God, that you are the faith that we have. We want to ask you for the anointing of moving into action. Father, we have been praying. We've been seeking your face. And there are some obstacles that have remained before us. Maybe because we have not stood up and taken action for what you have said. So tonight, I'm just asking that in each one of us, you draw that little faith like of mustard seed for things that you have been telling us that we rise up and take action. Father, forgive us where we have just watched and maybe we have thought that we shouldn't go there because we are Christian, but we have seen that when you move and act in faith according to what God has given you, you have the victory. Father, give us this faith so that we can declare your purposes in places that are so difficult for people to move through. And from today, I just want to declare even here in Canada, that even those men and women that have been laid off without pay, that they will be called back mm. because that's illegal. Yes, Tonight we declare that it will happen. Yes, in Lord. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Father, we thank you for the watchmen and intercessors that are already praying. We thank you for this global watch and that they are still joining, Father. I, we pray that as we pray for these watchmen and intercessors, Lord God, that are still not coming out, that are still holding back, Father, that you will show them that it is time that they need to get out, rise up and move. Father, it is important to be as one, that where there is unity, there is power, there is freedom, there is everything, Lord God. There is also your anointing. So, Father, we pray that you'll wake them up, raise them up, and give them a vision, a, a dream, something, Lord God, that they will do what they are, have been called to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Father God, we just lift up the body, Lord, as we... In love, stand together, Lord, close to your heart, Father, that we go as one, tenderhearted to each other, listening to each other, being sensitive to your spirit, Lord God, and knowing that most of all is love, that we care for each other and listen and honor and prefer each other in, in these sensitive issues, Lord, to have a heart, your heart, Lord, and keep close to you and in, in all these issues Lord God to be strong in you in Yeshua's name. Amen.
as I asked the father, um, how do I play for, pray for the sleeping church? I heard the Holy Spirit say, pray for the fire of God to fall. Yes, and Lord. so, Father, I ask for a release of your fire yes, upon the churches in the nation. Yes, Father, there, there are some churches which are awake and moving. There are some which are um, just starting to wake up. But, but there are so many who are asleep, Father. And what will stir them is the fire of God. Release your fire. You are the all-consuming fire. Touch your body. Touch your churches, Father, across the nations. Stir up. And Father, my family camped. And when the fire would start going down, one of us would blow on it, blow and get the embers going again. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come with your wind the wind of the Holy Spirit and to, to blow on the, the small embers that are within the churches, the small little tiny fires that are within the churches. And those churches who have no fire, Holy Spirit, bring the fire of God and then blow, blow across the nations, Holy Spirit, stirring up the fires from embers to small fires to raging fires, Father, so that your church will will be able to come together in unity, will come together out of the caves in boldness, will come with faith and with action, will come with truth, Father. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you all for praying. Praise God. We will pray lastly for Paul, Dr. Paul and all like our on the front line and also particularly for the case on the 11th of february and i invite sue to to pray for that and also have, have sue also has a communication to make at the end so you're welcome well father i just thank you for this night and i thank you father for sending pearl the clarion sound of the awakening bell is ringing through her voice father i pray that this voice would be loosed across the nations and that it would herald our call back to turn our hearts back to you you are the king of kings you are the lord of lords you are our healer you are our deliverer in jesus name and in that we can trust and Father, I just pray even now this manipulation and control and the decision of the African Union in their alignment with Israel. We say this assignment be shattered, be shattered. Come on, it's going to shatter. It will utterly fail. Yes, Lord. It will not stand. Truth cannot, a falsehood cannot stand against the truth. Yes, Lord. It will not be, it will not come to pass. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And we, we need to all be praying beyond this, just making these de faith declarations that God, you're going to turn this battle at this gate for Africa. Amen. We love the Africans. Your your voices are needed, obviously. We heard it tonight. So we thank you so much for this tonight. It's really timely. I just wanted to alert everybody that the next watch, 3 p.m. Jerusalem time, 
is going to be a special watch. This has come down fairly rapidly. The Lord really spoke to me over the first 21 days of this, the Run the Heavens initiative. That last year, he was laying the platform for us to land for this year. And it's already happening. It's unfolding. We are launching an initiative, a call to the wall, and it's going to start it's going to be launched through the Israel Watch tomorrow. We'll have more on it tomorrow, but it is based on Isaiah 62, 6, and 7. The COVID issue is the heralding call to this, but there's also a, a, a prophetic words that are converging around this for the nations and for the healing of the nations, for a turning of issues, particularly with Iran. I've posted something on the Global Watch, a, a basic premise of this on the Global Watch. I'm sorry it's coming down very fast down the hatch here, but this you, we are all strong warriors, and you can take the word. You can start running with it and, and read it, but I would encourage us all to land on this call tomorrow. It'll be much clearer, and we'll have some voices in it that will bring clarity out of Egypt, out of Israel and from the nations that will prove what I'm saying, that there is a convergence happening right now into Purim. And I don't know what's going to happen in the nations, but I believe we're intervening strategically to thwart a presumption on the enemy's plans. When you say tomorrow, you mean today. Thank you. Because we're already in the second of the second, yeah. 22. Wednesday okay. at 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. Yeah, because I was getting confused because I was about to say, Sue, I said I couldn't make it because I thought it was today. But now you're saying tomorrow. I was like, no, I can make it. No, it's a Wednesday. I'm so sorry. No, no, second. No, okay. The first of Adar. It's the first of Adar Amen. tomorrow. Amen. I just throw a few more prayer points as we pray for yes. um, the African Union and the uh, Israel Observer say issue. I just this morning, the Lord just put these prayer points in my heart for today to pray specifically for President Felix Tisekedi, President Felix Tisekedi. He's the president of the DRC, but he's also the chairperson of the African Union. So lift him up in prayer as well as Musa Faki. Muhammad, who is the chairperson of the Africa Union Commission. Now, he's the one who actually ratified the decision, and we need to pray for him to stand strong. Pearl, um, yeah. can I ask you to put those names and okay. these requests in the signal group? Okay, I'll do that. Okay, in the signal group. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Yes. And so the voting system requires two thirds of the member states two-thirds of the member states voting. So I just thought I'd, I'd let you understand that. 72 countries are already accredited, so there's no reason not to accredit Israel, including North Korea is also accredited. And Israel has actually committed to fight, help fight Africa on terrorism. We know that they're really good on that, and Africa needs that. Boko Haram, Al-Shabaab are all terrorist groups that are Africa has not made it. And when it comes to battle and strategy, Israel is. So we need Israel on board, if nothing else, for that military strategy. Pray also strength for 
Rwanda and Morocco, who interestingly enough have been the biggest supporters for this, for Israel. And I'm saying interestingly enough, because Morocco is actually a Muslim nation. So if, if they can stand out and be a voice, it's the other Muslim nations that are have actually put themselves together. So pray especially for Morocco to be a voice and to bring a question mark to some of the other Islamic nations. So those are just some things that the Lord dropped in my spirit today to say, to, to add to our prayer list for Af African Union. This all converges into what we're going to be discussing at 3 p.m. Amen. I'll put it in the signal group. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Awesome. <laughs> Edward? You want to close us off? Father, we thank you. Lord, it's a joy always to be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your time we've had and what you've had. The prayers you've been for us, they have the answers to 